0: Joy and hear the word of the Lord through Pastor Tim Sallee. Oh, 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 oh. Hallelujah. Hallelujah! Praise the Lord! Aren't you glad you're in the house of the Lord on Memorial Day? You could be at the lake getting sunburned. I mean, there's lots of other places you could be, and. Uh, I am happy to be here and honored to get to stand here in this pulpit, in this house. And uh, it is it is an honor. And uh, before I get started, I just want to share a quick, I, I was, uh, I had a dream about Pastor Hank uh, a week and a half ago while we were camping, and uh, we were late getting to a service, we were going to service. That actually happened to us once in Alaska. We were, we were out halibut fishing and that captain took us way out too far and we were way from the church and he just took his time getting us back in so about the time we got back in we were church was about to begin and we were several miles away and we were driving an old international scout army vehicle and I literally drove it 100 miles an hour (laughs) slung all the grease out of the front rear end had a boat off of a log truck come through the windshield, and when we got to the church, they were finished singing, waiting for pastor hank and he went right in and preached <laughs> just just like normal, but I had this dream while while I was camping, and we were late getting this church, and they were they were getting ready to announce him, and flashing lights were going around and round, you know, and we're not even in there yet, and we both had a suit on and uh When they got ready and they announced him, he walked up to the pulpit. He jerked his coat off and throwed it and had this Hawaiian shirt on. (laughs) I said, and and it's funny thing, when he he did that, immediately this thing popped up. It was kind of like a a screen. And he said, Well, I heard y'all had a lot of mosquitoes around here, so I thought I might wear this. (laughs) And he, he just jerked it off and throwed it, and they all laughed at him. I'm like, You told me you was wearing a suit. Here I am in a suit, and you throwed yours off. So I wore his shirt today. I wore Pastor Hank's shirt today. And um, I'm just thankful for this shirt. I I really am. And I'm thankful that you did not show that movie. I thought it was last Wednesday night that you were showing that movie. Um, I'm glad you didn't. I have watched the movie, and I'm glad for that clip this morning. Uh, I've been yesterday in the Holy Ghost all day. This morning, uh, this morning driving to church, I I happened to look down. I was not doing 100 miles an hour. But anyway, I asked her, I said, now, if the Holy Ghost is on me and I get a speeding ticket, is he going to take care of that for me? And she said, no. (laughs) So I slowed down and I looked at my Fitbit thing which tells me my heart rate and it was 93 I'm like, my Lord, I know I was just feeling the whole. you know, you ever get there where you, you just got the Holy Ghost going on and you like I reached over and got her I said, I got to share some of this got to get some of this off of me I've got some things to share with you hello Tamara one of my daughters is in the house on the back row <laughs> hallelujah I'm so glad you came but while we were while we were camping with a homeschool group uh, up in Indian Boundary, which is an incredible place if you've never been up there, it's got a three mile walking trail around the lake. And uh, I've asked the Lord, and I'm going to try to be a little less exuberant today. <laughs> I really am. I, I am going. I want you to hear the word that the Lord has given me. I have an assignment. God has given me an assignment. And uh, I, I want to fulfill that assignment and I realize for me to fulfill the assignment that God has given me I have to get in line with that assignment and, and there has to be a little bit of change and, uh, but I said the Lord told me you know to, when I fell off the wall to quit, quit work and he was going to lead me well immediately I thought well doors are going to swing open and uh, I would like to thank Chuck for having to put chairs down this morning I was like I'm preaching this morning and they're putting chairs out. It's Memorial Day, and I'm thankful that you're here. It's a full house for Memorial Day. But I thinking to myself, you know, our idea of presenting the gospel is finding some church that will invite you to come stand behind this pulpit. But while we were camping up in Indian Boundary last week, I preached to four cities. I preached in Morristown. Strawberry Plains, Marvel, Teleco Plains. I even got to touch somebody that's in Colorado in a rehab. You say, I thought you was camping. I was camping, and I walked 70 miles, so I literally was doing the Jesus thing. I walked 69-point-something miles on my Fitbit. If I'd not been walking, I wouldn't have come in contact with those people. But I come in contact with people, and listen... I, if I get the opportunity, and it don't take much of an opportunity to share the gospel. I, I mean, some people say, you know, drop the hat, and I'll drop the hat and carry the hat. and yeah. No, you give me one, you stop. <laughs> and what you have just done to me is give me an invite to share with you something. Now, Barb saw me once outside the camper window in the road, and I was trying to explain to her that I was just telling them about the camp set up. She said, no, I know what you were doing. I was preaching the gospel. And I would tell these people, you take this message back to Morristown. Take this message back to Strawberry Plains. Because see, we are all declarers of the Word of the Lord. He put His Spirit in you. out To testify of Jesus. To speak about the Lord. Well, I'm not a preacher. Well, you... you pretty much talk your mouth a lot. Anyway, I mean... I mean, you do. You get in conversations and uh, so you might as well be talking about Jesus and just sharing with them and the encouragement that come on them because, see, people don't do that anymore. I mean, if you can find somebody that ain't got their face buried in something, it's a big deal. People don't want to do that no more, but I feel like you've got to have opportunity and this is something that... I feel like the Lord has instructed me to tell people when I walk into my businesses, I've probably told you this, but I'll ask them, if Jesus come right now, would there be enough people left in here to operate this business? And they just look around at each other, and you know. And uh, I know at the utility board, the women said, well, we think our department would be empty. <laughs> One of them said, well, a lot think that it would be empty maybe more than really would be gone. But the thing is, we know that, but if we don't share that, what good is it to know something if you never share something? The Lord said He's going to give a platform back to His people, but you better have something to say. So even these people, when I was out there on the trail, even as they would listen to me, I would say, this is the question I ask people. If Jesus come right now, would we all be gone? And they're like, that's good. I said, no, 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 I'm asking you. I'm asking you right now. On that dam we're standing there. I said, if Jesus come right now, would we all three be gone? Puts the ball in their court. A lot of people aren't looking for the return of the Lord. Do I think he's coming tomorrow? Part of me wishes he wouldn't. Part of me is like, no, I've got some loved ones. So that's the whole thing. There's days we wake up, come come, Lord Jesus. But then our mind goes back <clears throat> to our loved ones or our co-workers or our, you know, and we think, no, give us a little more time. So God knows the time, the day, and the hour. I do believe that that day's drawing nigh. I know a lot of people, remember 88, 88 Reasons? I wish, I'd wrote that. I wish I'd have wrote that book. No, I don't... Yeah, I guess I, I mean, give 88 reasons. There probably must have been a few more because he didn't come. <laughs> That's true. Perry Stone, I was in a meeting with Perry Stone in Lenore City, that church of God in Lenore City back in the 80s. Perry preached on the coming of the Lord in hell. My God, I run to the altar. <laughs> I mean, I was ready to go, but when he got done preaching, I was in the altar. We need to we need to prepare people for the time that we're living in. And my message today is not a sermon. It's a, it's a word from the Lord, and, and the assignment that God has given me is different than the assignment that God has given you. Amen? Yes, and we get to looking at other people's assignments so much and comparing to those that a lot of times we will miss out on what God has called us to do. Amen. Because we have an idea of what it's supposed to look like how it's supposed to come and if I can do that, then I can gain that. If I can act that way, then everybody will like me How many want everybody to like you? Well, I I do. How many everybody does like you? (laughs) Well, we're all see, we're all in the same we're all in the same boat But my assignment is just to give people not just a warning, just an awaken to where we are at. We're strategically at a different place in time. I know my grandpa said Jesus is about to come. It can't get any worse. <laughs> my mama, I mean a Holy Ghost, pra- I wish my mama had lived longer. Uh, I do. I just wish she was sitting out here. I a gray-haired mama so I could preach. She never got to hear me preach. I, that'd be cool. Uh, uh. My mom's time came about. And, uh, but my mom was like, it can't get any worse. Jesus is about to come back. My mom prophesied this 60, 50 years ago. She said, the day's coming when they're going to see everything you do in your house through the television she said that 50 years ago I mean when it was them early televisions I think we had just got color and it was that big box but she prayed all the time and she was always in the Holy Ghost and she was always seeing things but if I was to title today Deterred Assignments Deterred I got that one after I got in the building here this morning I said give me an ink pen so I can write that down she said no you wrote enough down we have a thing. She will not let me look at her notes, see her notes. She will close her computer. She will not share nothing with me that she's going to preach. And I'll share her my whole message. Why? Because she's afraid if she would shared with me what she's... She's preaching Friday night in Zion, Illinois. And uh, we're headed up there this week. Pastor Jeff called me on the way to church this morning. He said, I pray you have a Holy Ghost meeting. A Holy Ghost just breaks out. He said, but don't break out no revival because you're coming up here this week. <laughs> and they've just received a miracle in their house. And we, we thank God for that with them. But she's going to be preaching Friday night. She will not let me look at hers. And uh, she, she's always been that way. It's not, it's not godly. It's not fair. She should op- <laughs> open the book, share the manna with me. Share it. I said, Jesus may come, and it just went away. But if you share it with me, then somebody got to hear it right. <laughs> share it. Deterred assignments. Now, you're going to have to trail with me real fast. I, I, as I was writing this, I told her, I said, Sister Rhonda says you've got to track with me in Perry Stone. And I was in a meeting last night, and I heard that minister three times say you've got to track with me. I said, I've got to find my own words. So trail with me because I'm going, I've got to go quick. I I can't preach from Genesis to Revelation this morning and say, man, I know. I know, I'm watching the clock. I really, I'm on an assignment and I'm going to watch the clock. But I am am going to share with you what I know God has shared and put in my heart. And uh, deterred assignments, we know in the garden Adam and Eve had an assignment, right? I mean, attend the garden, take care of it. Replenish, Multiply. But the enemy come in with deception, which he always does, comes in with deception, and he messed that plan up. Uh, Now, just for a tidbit, I think, I've always thought, what would have happened if Adam had not partook of what he wasn't supposed to? Could he have took a place for his wife Eve? Before he had sin. First Adam came, but he failed. Second Adam had to come to redeem mankind. Just a thought. The enemy steps in more subtle than any other beast of the field, deceives them, and the plan gets deterred. Kicked out of the garden. You ever felt like you got kicked out of your garden? So, so when that happens, they go and they start multiplying in the earth. We don't know how long that took. We do not know how long Adam and Eve lived in the garden before the fall. We, 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 they did not know time as we know time. Time could have been a long time. Could have formed the Grand Canyon. I don't know all of that. I know it wasn't the eighth day. I like to think if he named all the animals, it, it took him longer than a few hours and then they fell. They got deterred. God says, go replenish the earth. So they start doing what God told them to do. And then evil, because once it entered in, it took over the heart of man. The nature of humanity has a nature to sin. How many of you have a nature to sin? How many know that we've been redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ? God made the first sacrifice because without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. He took those animals, He stripped that off, and He covered them, but it only covered them. But we've been redeemed through the blood of Jesus Christ. Our nature is to sin, but we start yielding our members as members of righteousness. I don't sin as much as I used to. I hope that's everybody. <laughs> but I still sin. You think you don't, you're a liar, and that's a sin. <laughs> so, what happens is because that crept into the heart of humanity, and God sends them forth, the Bible says that they became evil. I mean, very evil. I mean, their thoughts from their youth, the Bible says, were evil. I mean, that's why a baby get, manipulates you, mama, when they're born. That baby, Yeah, that baby starts manipulating from the day they're born. They got a certain cry. If I do this, they'll come running. I'm not even hungry, but I can get them in here. It, it's just the nature of humanity. But it got worse and worse and worse and worse and worse and worse and worse because sin is never satisfied so it always increases to get worse and God looks down and He said I am aggravated with myself for even creating them it grieves me repent that I even made them because they're so evil their thoughts from their youth and all day long are evil I'm going to get rid of them all but I love that but but Noah found what? The favor and grace that Noah found in the eyes of the Lord. Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. I mean, knows Noah had sin. The Bible says he was perfect in all his ways. He followed God to the best of his ability. But he found grace in the eyes of the Lord. So God told him, give him a plan. Make boat. Make a ship. Make a your ark, you know, and it don't look like what that thing in Kentucky probably looks like. It was probably a square box. It wasn't made to sail somewhere, it's just made to float. Sin entered the ark. Sin entered the ark. God knew sin entered the ark. How many believe God knew sin entered the ark? So this, this, this ark that God told Noah first message I ever preached Noah did all according to the Lord I took a little word all, I just preached on all for 15 minutes, all you got to do all God tells you to do, I mean I'll never forget it, it was in 1987 and I still remember Noah did all, Noah didn't leave out part of it, Noah didn't leave a plank off the side of it Noah didn't forget to cover up part of it Noah did all according to God's plan. That's why God spared Noah. Because Noah was willing to obey God. That's where he found the favor and, and grace in the eyes of the Lord because he's willing to do what God says. It doesn't mean he's perfect. It means he's willing to do all that God said. So he builds this ark. It floats around. Now, a lot of people are saying that it wasn't a worldwide flood. They try to discredit the Bible. I believe it was worldwide. How many of you believe it covered the whole earth? How many believe it covered Mount Everest? Yeah. By 20 feet. Covered it all. Why? So that somebody that could climb really fast couldn't climb up Everest and hide? Yeah. Well, they wouldn't have been able to breathe. Well, actually they would because as the water rose, the oxygen rose, so it wasn't like going to top of Mount Everest now. God covered the earth except for those that were in the ark. And sin was in the ark. Now, if God was so upset with sin that he's going to destroy everybody, he knows sin is on the ark, yet God did not destroy the ark. God did not allow the elements taking place outside of that ark to destroy that ark. Why? Because there's a remnant on that ark that he's preparing protection for. Noah's sons and daughter in laws were on the ark, right? They just happen to be under the curtail of Noah. If, if Daddy, Daddy got a ride, and they're following. They might not agree, and they might not have been real happy about building the ark. I don't know how much help he got out of them. <laughs> Daddy ain't helping you build a boat for something that ain't never happened. I mean, they're listening to the same. They're listening to the same thing that everybody else is saying. It's never rained. They talk in the same talk, but something about Dad's authority over them. Oh, that's good. That's good. Something about the authority of the father over the house. Cause the kids, when it come down to the end of the road. Hey, raise up a child in the way they should go, and when they are old, they will not depart from it. You may have some of them that are going crazy right now. You may have some that are prodigals. Hallelujah. You may have some prodigals out there wandering around. But listen, when it come down to it, they got on the ark. I believe in for every one of my children to be on the ark. I believe some of them's crazy right now, yes. I believe some of them's running, yes. I ran. How many ran? How many had a time when you ran? You kind of forget that after you've served the Lord for a while. You've served the Lord. Oh, I've been serving the Lord for 30 years. Well, you forget about the hell you lived while you were be- B.C. You forget about the hell you were doing. B.C., you forget about all the stuff you've done. You forget about your drugs. You forget about your running around, your sleeping around, your backbiting you, you forget your mess because you've been serving God now but you don't forget that he redeemed you out of it if he redeemed me out of it how can he not redeem my kids out of it that's for you that you've got people that you're praying and believing God for anyway I've got to move on the boat lands sin gets off the boat sin got off the ark so, the very thing God sent the waters to do, now it, here it is back on the ground. I mean, and I'll, real fast, I mean, if you follow it, Noah planted him a vineyard, took it a little while. I don't know how long it takes grapes to grow. And I don't know how long it takes them to ferment. That homebrew used to not take that long. Anyway, so, so he gets drunk. I mean, so the first thing recorded that we have off the ark is drunkenness. Right. Why? To lose reality of what I feel. Drugs and alcohol. I mean, I mean, the Holy Ghost people, you've got your big sins. Next thing that's recorded is sexual immorality. Right. So the very ark that was to get man saved through the flood that's going to destroy all of this is drunkenness and sexual immorality. Steps out, right off the boat. Operating just like they did. So now we're going to produce a whole other crop of immorality. Right? With me? Got on the boat, got off the boat. God tells Noah, he said, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to give you favor. You go replenish the earth. Go forth, multiply, replenish the earth. The people start walking... And then they said, we don't want to go replenish the earth. We want to stop right here. And if you have your Bibles, turn to Genesis. Shouldn't take as long to interdu- introduction and you would have more time to preach. Okay, That's okay. Chapter 11 of Genesis. And the whole earth was of one language and of one speech. And as it came to pass, as they journeyed from the east, that they found a plain in the land of Shinar, and they dwelt there. I listen. You, look, you start looking stuff up on commentaries. My God, these scholars can't agree on nothing. I'm like, you guys are arguing over where, the sh- where this plain was. Come on, give me a break. I mean, they get into deep debates. Well, It wasn't here. It wasn't there. It wasn't there. I don't care where it was. It was a plain somewhere where they decided we're going to stop, and we're not going to obey. We are going to deter from our assignment we are not going to fulfill our assignment we are going to take a detour they said one to another go to let us make brick and burn them thoroughly and they had brick for stone and slime they had for mortar that don't make a very strong building I'm just here to tell you (laughs) that's why all that stuff yeah special slime at all and they said, Go to let us build us a city and a tower whose top may reach into heaven, and let us make us a name, lest we be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth. That, they've, they've been told to go replenish the earth. That's the, I mean, that's the assignment now, replenish the earth. No, we don't want to do that. We want to build us a city, we want to build us a name, and we want to build us a tower that reaches to heaven. Some of them will say that they thought if they built a tower, if God decided to flood again... They just run up into the top of the tower. That's the people that believe that the flood didn't cover the whole earth. <laughs> now, ones that's on the boat that knew it covered the whole earth, they, yeah, that ain't gonna work. We're gonna build us a safe boat and have it hid back in the back forty somewhere. And if the flood comes again, we're gonna get on it. And it's gonna be, we're gonna be like a prepper. We're gonna have enough food on it to last 150 days, and we're gonna have. We going, we're not going to anchor it down. We're going to let it float because if you anchor a boat down in the storm, it gets destroyed, but if you just let it float, so we're going to have us a, we're going to have us a safety net. A safety net. I got a safety net. It's called the Holy Ghost. The Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the children of men built it, and the Lord said, Behold, the people is one... And they have done all. They have all one language, and this they begin to do. And now nothing shall be restrained from them which they have imagined to do. Their imagination. Now listen, they weren't going to build a tower to heaven where God was. Ain't going to happen then, now, any time in the near future. But what they were doing was building them a tower. that this is what we're going to do and we're not going to do what you want us to do. It's rebellion. It's witchcraft. And that's what they established they going to do. So God went down and he confused them. It's called the Tower of Babel. There again, look it up. Well, some say it was a city called Babel. Some say it was Babylon. I don't care where it was. God caused confusion to come where they had to... But it was a Tower of Babel, and it's funny to me that that thing that you can learn app, you can learn a language on is called Babel. And that's that's some that's some wild stuff, you know. But what happens is what we what we have going on here is deterred assignment that God had given His people, and everything that I am reading about that sounds like somebody that was in heaven that made some bold statements. Five times in Isaiah, the devil said, I will build, I will exalt, I will be like the Most High. Now, I don't know. I'm not sure that that all happened in one moment. I don't think the devil just stood there. And let me tell you what I'm going to do, God. I think one day something crept into his heart. And that that one day he was just noticing how all the angels were giving glory to the Lamb. And he kind of liked it. Now, for those that say the angels had no will... Well, I find where a third of them left their first estate, so they had some kind of will. It might not be like mine, but they had some kind of will because they left, a third of them left their first estate and followed him. Somehow over a period of time, which I do not know, the devil makes all these statements, and then one day God says, no. It wasn't a fight. Given a word from the Lord, I heard this. The Lord never flinched. Not one time has Jesus ever flinched from the devil. Not one time has Jesus ever flinched when the devil did something or said something or acted like he was about to do something. Not one time did Jesus flinch. It wasn't a battle in heaven. God had mercy. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. It could have been possible that the devil could have repented you saying the devil... I'm saying God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if that happened over a period of time, there could have been a possibility. Lucifer could have just repented and kept leading the choir in heaven. But he didn't. He kept pushing and pushing and pushing until the day that God said, let's go 12 rounds. No. God said, I'm done with this. And like a lightning bolt, boy, that would bust that old piece of wood now. (laughs) Bam! Like a lightning bolt. You ever seen how fast a lightning bolt goes? He throwed him down. Boom. Over. Done. Why? Because he didn't like the devil hates you. You know the devil hates you. I I mean, I've heard you're his replacement. You're doing what he used to do, and he'd never be able to do it again. His day of repentance is over. His eternity is set. He knows more about the timing than you do. Well, he don't know the day nor the hour when Jesus is coming, but he knows more about the season than you do because he knows that Bible better than you do. You me, How the devil don't know Bible better. than Me, I'm a Bible scholar. I was I was in visiting Pastor John in the prison once. He said, "You know, you're studying the Word. You're a scholar. Doesn't mean you know everything. A scholar is one that is constantly digging and learning. Doesn't mean you know it all." I thought, well, "I'm a scholar, learning the Word of God." What happens is he knows the timing of the events of the earth more than believers do. Because believers are like they were in Ezekiel where they said, oh, they've talked about this forever, but he delays his coming, and he delays his coming, and he delays his coming. So is he really ever going to come? Thirteen minutes. I gotta, I gotta, this is going to go fast. This is going to go because this is where I believe we're at. And I didn't listen to Jimmy Evans because I wasn't over there, nor did I know her notes till we were driving down here this morning. But what God has Burn inside of me is the age that we're living in and what technology has done because see the deterred assignment of the people always the devil steps in when he sees the people of God doing what they're supposed to do Now, in 1948 Israel became a nation that's prophecy and boy when that happened all the believers were like oh my God glory to God Jesus is about to come Israel's become a nation again now we've got the ashes of the red heifer are almost purified. My God, when that happens, Jesus is coming. Jesus. Right? I mean, seriously, though, it is a timeline of things. So, what's what happens in 1948? Israel becomes a nation. Now, the devil has tried to cause the people that were supposed to replenish to stop in their tracks, build a city, build a tower, build themselves a name. Now, we all know one world order, one government, one thing that's coming on the earth. I mean, go on there online. It's all conspiracy theories. But I know the book. And I know the end of the age. And I know what's going to happen toward the end, right? I appreciate what Pastor Rhonda said a few weeks ago about watching too much news, you get in fear. I'm watching prophecy be fulfilled and I am not in fear. I'm excited that the Lord's coming back but I also feel an urgency to share with people to get yourself prepared. The rapture's going to take place. The Antichrist is going to rise up. There is going to be a great tribulation and I'm not going to watch it. Unless there's a porthole hole in heaven. There won't be. There no won't be. Those things are coming quickly. So what happens is, the devil tried to get the people to build them a tower and a name, build us a name like the devil. And, 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 and in 1948, Israel becomes a nation. Now, he knows the timeline too. So, I, this is what I really believe has happened. The strategies of the enemy has increased, and the power of the church has decreased. We are not to ever be learning trying to come into the fullness of what God gave us. Jesus gave it all to us on the cross at Calvary, authority and power. He's not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and love and of a sound mind. He gave us everything we needed. In the early church, they preached 3,000, 5,000 daily, going to house to house, breaking bread, revival going on. He gave them everything they needed. We're not waiting for Jesus to give us something else. We need another new tool in our arsenal. We don't need another new tool. We need to pick up the ones that He gave us and put them to use in the kingdom of God in the battle that's going on. So what it looks like, the enemy has increased his strategies. He's just harder at work. Nothing new. We've got a lot of distractions going on around us. I mean, they got so many letters now on, on, on the perverseness, I can't even name them all, nor do I try. I feel like that is a smokescreen to believers. Now, I know what I stand for, and I will stand for it, and I will preach it, I will preach it till the end of days. Well, you can't do that. It's not politically correct. Ain't no politically correct. I want to say this. Ministers that are so worried about being on TV shows, not, not Daystar or Christian TV shows, you know what I'm saying? They won't be on these secular shows and find favor over there, so they have to dilute it a little bit. God help them is all I can say. God help them because they might be strong enough in their walk but what they're presenting to the people that are newborns is that it's okay to do about anything, right? That's not thats not my message. In 1948, Israel becomes a nation. The enemy knows that we're, we're on a timeline here. In 1950, a guy decides to create a thinking machine. Going to create a thinking machine. I love this thing playing right here because what happened is... 1950, he wants to create a thinking machine. In 1952, they made a model of the human brain. 1956, they got into college to do research on AI. I thought everybody knew what AI was. <laughs> I'm talking to people like, what? what? I'm like, you don't know what's going on around you. See, and that's the thing. Don't watch so much news that you're afraid, you just know how to war. But don't go over here and stick your head in the sand and think, i got one, I got one elder guy. He says, well, I don't need to know all that prophecy stuff. I just need to know how to live today. Well, listen, Jesus said when you see these things happening, well, you ain't going to see them happening if you're keeping up a little bit. Right. 1956, they get federal funding from the government to create thinking machines. Teletypes out what you think. But in the 60s and 70s, the Jesus Revolution came along. <coughs> now, just follow a t- trail with me on this timeline. Because <laughs> in the 60s and 70s, Jesus Revolution comes along. And these young people, I mean, they were in turmoil. I mean, you got Vietnam going on. The world is in crisis. We just want some peace. They get turned on to Jesus They get turned on to Jesus. They're praying. I mean, they begin to pray, and then from 74 to 80, what happens is the funding gets cut off for that artificial intelligence. It all gets cut off. Coincidence. I don't think so. I think because there's a move of God going on now, and I think think the enemy recognizes when there's a true move of God going on. He knows the timeline. So the funding gets cut off and all stops. And we have a Jesus movement. Somebody say we're going to have another one. After that movement goes on for a while how many knows I, I don't understand why. Revivals that spring forth. Woo! And then they kind of. Sometimes it's a spreading of it. That's how denominations were birthed. I mean, you go up here on Barney Creek and you'll find out where the Quakers come. You know, Quakers? You know what? They shook. That's why they called them Quakers, because they they would shake under the power of God. They, they'd never experienced it. How many's ever just. The Holy Ghost comes on you so much, you're just like, ah! You know? <laughs> And we look foolish. I mean, if if you watch videos of people, it does look foolish to the world. It's a wonder they don't say, I want that kind of drug. I ain't never had a trip like that. It ain't a drug. It's a life. It's a Holy Ghost dwells inside of you. And sometimes when he comes upon you so strongly, your physical container don't even know what to do. So what happens is when the Jesus movement's going on, there is what they call the AI winner, all funding stop, research quits. And then the move of God kind of slows down. Then the research picked back up. In the late 80s, the research picked back up. And then I, I loved this when I, was, when I was researching and just looking at this stuff. In the late 80s, when there was a revival in Hungary and Bulgaria and the power of God. See, this thing, what the enemy's doing is not United States of America... Sometimes we think it's a Jesus of the United States. <laughs> Jesus coming back to the United States. Where was it he was going to land on a Harley somewhere when he returned? <laughs> somewhere here in Cleveland, wasn't it? Going to land on a Harley in Cleveland, Tennessee. I tell you what, I saw something in, in our little town, Sweetwater, this morning. Five state troopers had a car surrounded. We're like a hub for drug drops off between Atlanta and Knoxville. I'm like, dear Lord, little old city like that, we're supposed to be protected. So when that 80s and 90s move of God went, from 87 to 93, the research on the AI stopped again. The funding just quit. You know, it just goes on pause. So the things that were being set up for one world order and one world government, when there's a move of God, they get put on hold. I found that interesting. I found it how the enemy's trying to bring all the people back together again to war against the Lamb of God. And every time there's a move of God, it puts it on hold. Coincidence? Does it change God's timetable? Absolutely not. It does not change God's timetable. He's already been from the beginning to the end and come back, Now He's just walking along with us on this journey that we have assignments for. And what the enemy wants to do is deter your assignment. So what's happening now is we've got all this perversion going on. I mean, it's perversion. And some of the stuff... Now... Don't dive into that. Okay, I won't. I, I, I won't. What you do and the choices you make can stop things from happening, boycotts and all this stuff. But inevitably, the enemy has a plan. And listen, if we could rewrite, if we could pray, if we could pray, some people would pray prophecy to change. You can't change prophecy. You cannot change the events that are going to happen. Are they prolonged they're not prolonged on God's timetable. They're prolonged on our timetable. Why? Because the church prays. That's why God's not slack concerning His promise, as you count slackness. He's just long-suffering that all would come to repentance. Yep. So what we have is every time there's been a move of God, this artificial intelligence stopped. This whole put on hold. The devil's got more patience than you. That's why he catches you off guard. He's doing good. He's doing good. He's doing good. I'm going to leave Chuck Martin alone. He's doing really good. (laughs) And he'll be doing good next week and the week after, but there was a few weeks somewhere back that he wasn't doing so good. Come on, and that enemy has more patience than you, and he waits for you, and he waits for you, and he waits for you. But here is where it's getting scary now. Not scary that I'm afraid but I'm putting up a guard from the Holy Ghost that I'll be safe from the things that are happening around us right now. I mean, there are things that's happening. When this thing picked up this last time in 2007, artificial intelligence is real. It's not real intelligence. It's artificial because the devil ain't got nothing that's real. It's a smoke screen. It's a lie. He's a father of lies, and everything he creates is a lie. He lies, lies, lies. How do you know when the devil's lying? He opens his mouth. You don't got to wonder or try to cipher out which part's true. When the devil's speaking, it's a lie. That's right. Don't listen to it. So in 2007, when this artificial intelligence really kicked in, the machines they've created now face recognition. I hate the fact that I drive down the road and I can stop at a red light and a camera can take my picture and they can identify me. I hate that. The Bible said there's nothing hidden that won't be revealed. Be sure your sin will find you out. Right. Nothing hidden. Uh, they can read the palm of your hand. Right. Right. Your fingerprint. I told, I told Pastor Perry one time, I said, do you ever think about this? How many believe that you got the only fingerprint like yours? That's what they say. I don't know. That's what they say. I said, well, did you know that everybody's judgment will be different? Why? Because with what judgment you judge, you'll be judged. What judgment you judge, you'll be... Well, what judgment I judge. That's, I create my own judgment. I create my own judgment. How do I judge you? I judge you by your actions or your motives or whatever. God help me, don't judge nothing. So, face recognition... They can read the palm of your hand. We know all about the chips. Remember in the 80s, the beast? That computer in Brussels. The beast. Oh my God. It's the mark of the beast. And Jesus is coming. That was in the 80s. It's 43 years later. I found out there's a computer right now in Oak Ridge, Tennessee. It weighs 304 tons. It's called the Summit. People were going to build them a tower whose peak reached up into the heavens. And I just found it interesting that this computer is called the Summit. And what happens with this computer? Two hundred million billion calculations per second. They didn't think we would understand two quadrillion. So they said it like this. Two hundred million billion calculations per second. It would take all the people of the world doing a calculation every second of the day, all the people of the world, 305 days to do what that thing does in the blink of an eye. It's, I, I, it just, I can't wrap my r- r- mind around It's artificial. Because there is a God in heaven that knows it all, a, a millisecond of what that thing takes, right? He's all-knowing. He knows it before the computer even thinks about it. But here's what's happening with the computer. They've got a machine now that they can read your mind. You lay down in that like an MRI. Anybody ever had an MRI? Is that what they done on my shoulder? They run me in that tunnel. I'm like, no. I thought, I'm going to make it through this thing. But she put it in the... There's one position that hurt, and that's where she wanted it. And I'm like, 30 minutes, are you crazy? Don't you come. I finally, I need out of here. It was not the, I closed my eyes and I was, I was meditating on God and quoting Scripture and stuff, but the position was like painful. Now listen, you get put in a position, you better have the Holy Ghost in you and you better have the Word of God in you and you better have something to come out of you. So this machine now that they put people in, they read their thoughts and print them out. What you're thinking, how do they do that? Because for all these years, what they've been pumping into this artificial intelligence is just information, information, every time you go on a computer, information, 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 information. And that thing just regurgitates all the rhetoric that's been put into it, and a half of it ain't even true. But they can put you in there and print out scary stuff, the very words you're thinking. And now they're working on some models that they can have some small things that they can check what people's thinking. So, well, uh, no, have a device. Well, she likes this part of it. She don't like this part of it. We try to read people. This thing's going to read people. And it's going to know what you're thinking. And it's going to know exactly what's going on inside of you and then what it's going to do is going to try to twist and put some information into you. You are confronted all day long with information. That's right, that's right. This is the information age. You think you're exempt from that? You. You're not. You are not exempt from the technology that we live in. And we refuse to go hide on the mountain we refuse to bury our head in the sand. But this thing knows all languages, can tell exactly what you're thinking. And I told her this morning, come here, I say, except for one. Come on. I'll see that thing interpret and print out what I'm praying when I'm praying in the Holy Ghost. sha tala de My God, we never heard that rhetoric put in what in the world I don't know you getting this that's why we're full of the Holy Ghost that's why we pray in the Spirit that's why we speak mysteries that that thing will never it's artificial it is artificial God said I'm going to give you a language there ain't nothing on the earth or the devil can do to ever interpret you're praying mysteries, he don't know. Why is that important? Because everything else is known. Right. What you think is known. Well, what's the importance of all these devices they're making? Because here's what's going to happen. I pray God before tribulation comes, I'm gone. I mean, they got they got they're gonna have machines where when you walk through the airport, I'm walking doing my merry thing, and I'm looking around, I'm like. God that, that guy's crazy I don't even like him I don't like how he looks he's of a different race ding 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 wow. hate crime you can't the day's coming it's already with God you can't fake your Christianity people think they can fake their Christianity you ain't fool God God knows your heart. He knows what you're thinking. He knows when you stand up and sha la 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 He knows when you're standing, telling, I love you. And inside you're, I can't stand you. I despise you. You are despised and rejected of me. (laughs) You can't fool God in your Christianity, but you fool each other. the technology that we're headed into you'll be labeled see they used to could, they used to could look at Christians Daniel refused to quit praying we're going we're gonna to set up his thing and we're going to play some music oh my gosh I'm eight minutes over I'll hurry I promise listen Daniel said I refuse to bow and I will pray three times a day but the church, God knows my heart. I don't pray to be a, a show. But I'm not going to refuse to pray. I can do anything I want to, except pray over my meal. You think you're the majority, you're not. You're the minority, and you're getting to be less and less a minority. The old generals of the faith are dying out day by day, and we ain't making new converts. Ah, oh <sighs> uh, it's happened to me last week when Austin, the week before, was talking about reposition. We're gonna get uh, we're gonna get our youth repositioned so they hear God but I heard God say something else I want all the youth leaders just stand up for a minute I feel the Holy Ghost if you're part of the youth team I want you to stand on your feet for a second because this is what I heard the Holy Ghost say they're not just going to reposition they're going to become my repo agents you know what a repo man does there is an owner of this vehicle. Somebody tries to buy it but can't pay the price for it. So the repo man gets in his car and he drives over to the house and he pulls that car up on and he takes it back to the rightful owner. Start calling you all repo people. I'll call you repo ladies and repo men. It's got a lot more to do than just repositioning the ones that we have. I'm telling you that God's going to give a grace on y'all. This house was birthed, hey, with new converts that would come nightly to a meeting. Eight weeks in the making. And the, and the Sonia Merkles and the Rita Lees would come to a service and they would experience the Holy Ghost. And they would go out and they would grab somebody else and the next night they got somebody else next to them. And by the end of the eight week revival we had the doors open and people sitting in the grass and on the porch. Well, that's a sovereign move of God. Chuck and Martin rode a motorcycle over there. Got me in trouble right here on that motorcycle. I'd tell the police if, if you're going to do it, quit talking about it and do it. Chuck comes walking down the driveway laughing. <laughs> you might be laughing. I'm not laughing. It was it was a repossessing. We sung a song years ago, probably. Then I went to the enemy's camp and I we really got all pumped up and excited about it didn't we I went to the enemy's camp and I took back what he stole from me and I'm talking about I'm talking about we have things that we're supposed to be doing that God has set for us to do don't sit down yet Ah. Uh, we're not trying to return to what God has already done. Amen. But what God intends to do if we will get in line with it will be greater than what we've ever saw. Amen. It's not just repositioning what you've got. There is a grace. It's a grace. Has nothing to do with you all. It's it's like a it's like a blanket. I know where I find the blanket. <laughs> it's always going to be a blanket in the house. Right. <laughs> Get the corner of that blanket. Come on over, Austin. Austin, it'll be okay, son. Come here. Come here. I love Austin. I love when Austin says, Oh, my family! There's this grace coming because you can't figure out how to do it. You can't figure out how to do it. There's no figuring out how to do it. If we could figure it out, we'd have already figured it out in in the past seasons. It's very important that we fulfill our assignments, because what's weighing in the balance are all the people that their mind is about to have such vain imaginations put in them that strongholds are going to be created, and then it's going to be even more difficult. So a strategy is about to come upon you. It's not some old way. It's going to come from praying in the Holy Ghost, listening for the Holy Ghost and stepping when the Holy Ghost says step. You're going to run into some prodigals that you haven't talked to in a long time. And not just prodigals from this house, prodigals from this generation. It ain't going to be a repositioning of our few that we are faithful for and it ain't going to be just the ones that we think of immediately. We think immediately of those that we know, but God says they are all His. There are some sons and daughters of pastors and ministers that are in this city that God has placed in this city. And God is going to cause your path. You're going to be in certain places at certain time, and your path is going to cross their path. You can't create that. You can't try to figure that out. There is no map, no directions, no GPS, no Google to get you there, but there is a Holy Ghost from heaven. And what He's going to begin to do, artificial technology won't do this work, but the but the intelligence from the Holy Ghost is going to spring up inside of you. You're going to know, oh my God, I don't know why, but I need to go over here to Food Line, Food City. Oh, Jesus. I took a boy. It is going to be beyond your, your... our mental capacity does not even have a way to explain what God's about to do. No more than I can explain how 200 million billion calculations can happen in a second, nor can I explain how the Holy Ghost is going to move upon you, but He's going to move upon you and you're going to go right out of your way. Prodigals are coming home. Prodigals are coming home. Prodigals are going to be putting your care. They're going to be putting your care. You don't take it as a light thing, because the technology that's bombarding them all day long on that thing that's just regurgitating information. You are going to have to have some real information that there is a holy God and a holy Ghost. Yeah. 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 Repo. Don't be afraid of who comes. Don't be afraid of what they look like. I, I, I'm just... Don't be afraid of what they look like. God's going to give you the wisdom to know. Hallelujah from every tongue, tribe, and nation. There will be people that will walk up to your camp from another camp because they are searching. You listen for the Holy Ghost. You listen to the direction that I give you and don't you be afraid when I tell you to speak or to step forward, saith the Lord. Now, I don't know, Sister Ron, if that'll happen on this camp, but I saw people walking away from other camps into this camp. Amen. 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 You can can stand there if you want to, but you can sit if you want to. I'm telling you, I know that God is going to reposition. Yes, but repossess. How many want to be a repo man? I'm like, I'm like God. Listen, people, don't think you're exempt from the things that are being bombarded on our mind. The Bible said, cast down every imagination, every stronghold. What is a stronghold? A thing that's fortified to protect itself. That artificial intelligence will protect itself. You're talking science fiction. Well, yeah, I watch a movie, and then 20 years later, it always happens. I mean, just watch Hollywood enough to know 20 years later, there's things that happened then. I'm like, oh my gosh, that was crazy then. What's crazier now. I don't know how crazy it'll be. I know this. The Holy Ghost knows it all. I know this. The Holy Ghost never steers us wrong. You need to warn people that the return of the Lord is drawing nigh. You need to watch and guard yourself. We have one of those Alexa things in the house. We keep it on all the time. I was afraid of it when it first came, and then I, like, I got some good information. And then I got a fact check. Bard fact checks the fact checks to make sure that the fact checker is telling the truth about the facts it's telling. That thing listens to everything you say. How many of you say something and you've seen it pop up? It's just crazy. When it first started happening, it's like, yeah, that was a coincidence. Now it's like what you say, what you do, what you type in, what you look at. Listen, they they pull your computer up. I I had a minister friend, she's going on to be with the Lord, but her husband had to take his computer into the repair man, to the repair shop. And that, and that repair man said, "Man, I got so many notes here." Good Lord, I'm going to quit right there. We got to guard our hearts. That repair man said, That's the first computer that's come in from a minister that wasn't full of pornography. And everybody starts clapping. And I know why they were clapping because his didn't have the pornography on it. My heart broke because I instantly thought of all the other ones that did have it on there. Whatever you're looking at, they know. Whatever you're partaking of is partaking of you. Whatever you do, it's, it's, there is nothing hidden not. nothing don't make the Lord ashamed Amen. of you standing at the gas I can't even pump gas anymore without something watching me and a TV blaring at me <laughs> first time that happened I was like dear Lord I, I can't get away from this stuff I wear this thing I wear my Fitbit. They know every step I take, everywhere I go. I quit wearing it at night. I don't want them to know how long I sleep. It's, it's, it's funny stuff, but it's where we live. They know when I lay down. They know when I get up. They know my heart rate. I look down my heart rate. I, I, felt, I was feeling the Holy Ghost. And I'm like, Good Lord, the Holy Ghost on me. I want to leave this with you. Part of my assignment for the last day is different than other people's. And my part of my assignment is just to give people a warning that this stuff is real, it is happening, it is upon us. And we better put up our guard and get our Holy Ghost on. I mean, we better be watching and be careful what we're watching and be careful what we're listening to and be careful. Why not? Be careful. The Bible says be careful for nothing. <laughs> you be careful what you're putting in. Why? Because strongholds get planted in people before they even realize it. I mean you try to have a conversation with people about the Lord, eh? you you're bumping up against different stuff. This this thing is spitting out such falseness and it's becoming truth to people. You're the minority. Amen. This is Memorial Day. What a great day to be alive right now in the kingdom of God. Don't be talking to chatbots. I've got so much more. I've got to quit. Just be careful what you're doing. Be careful what you're doing. Be careful what you're doing. Let's go forth in the power and the might of God and the Holy Spirit. I mean, go forth. Get bold again. Get bold again. Listen, if I can walk 70 miles to preach at four cities, you can do it too. I like catching them when they're on the mountaintop hiking. They ain't going to outrun me off the mountain. I had a whole group of women. They were on a peak up there. I'm like, dear Lord, how many of you know Jesus? I know you got your lunch boxes all out, so I know you ain't going to run too fast. I can get in a few words qu- quickly. Well, I don't want to get in their space. Well, I do. You'll wish you got in her space when they're standing before the judgment seat, and they get in her space. You don't got to thump no Bible on their head. Just Getting people space, everybody in here, touch somebody this week. How many will touch somebody this week? Just, I mean, it don't got to be a sermon. All you got to do is, my God, I'm happy today to be alive. I'm happy today. Jesus loves me. Amen. I love you all. I love this house. I love this lady. I love this lady. I'm thankful for her assignment. I'm thankful for your assignment. I'm thankful that you allow us to stand in this pulpit. It is very tough to stand there and preach after she stands there and preaches every week. Excellent. Can we give the Lord a hand clap for his word? Amen. So,